This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. What if I told you that we all have a time machine, one that could take us back to any time and place in our lives? We can relive the most amazing moments of our past, carry those emotions forward, those being happiness, joy, fulfillment, peace, love, the list can go on and on. What if I told you that? I think we'd all be excited. So today on the show, we are all going to learn how to use this time machine to elevate our health. Our lives are made up of playlists and mixtapes. Curating them, sharing them, and living them is vital to our wellness. This is a quote from a foreword of Jennifer Buchanan's book, Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist. So I'd like to welcome Jennifer Buchanan, music therapist and author. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So now that all the listeners are curious about this time machine we have, I thought <laughs> I would let you tell us all about it and how do we access it? So this incre- I remember when I was in uh, junior high and I would set up endless amounts of time behind a dual cassette player with my two thumbs clicking on uh, the music that would come through the airwaves at exactly the right time so I could curate this perfect playlist for my best friend that I would give to her in the morning. How we look at using music as a time machine is that when we hear music from a certain period of time, so when I hear in the, in the case of my best friend, it was the Bee Gees. When I hear the Bee Gees, I, in Technicolor, can feel myself lying on that living room floor next to the suede brown couch that was beside <laughs> me. I can see the actual cassettes going there, having to put a pencil in to rewind it a bit because a bit of the anchor voice got on there. And I can remember being able to write her name on it for my dear friend with all the hearts and the happy emojis that we didn't know that's what they were at the time (laughs) and give to her the next day. And it is my time machine going back in time when I think about a moment like that. That's such a lovely moment. And I feel like we should all have those moments. And I guess people don't realize that music can do that. So there is an art and a science to music. Absolutely. And it is a global brain process that we access as this is happening. So it's not just one center in the brain, it's many centers in the brain, including our mood, that feeling that we're having. It's going to be that motivation, the productivity we felt, the energy that we felt. And it's also going to be our memory centers, which is exactly where I go. As I was even just telling you that story, (laughs) I was envisioning everything in the moment. And so in your book, you say science is catching up with what music therapists have been witnessing for many decades. So the fact that music can change the way a person feels and thinks and behaves. So what do you mean by this? When I became a music therapist 30 years ago now, and I had graduated from school, I was enthusiastic about all of the work. And 
I was the I was number 133 <laughs> of music therapists in the country. Yeah. Uh, that was my certification number. And uh, I can remember where you had to describe what it exactly is. And it was prior to having access to the fMRI machine where we have collected most of our quantifiable data as to how music affects our brain, how it uh, we've collected now samples so we know how it's affecting our hormones and neurotransmitters. But prior to all of that, what we were seeing at the front lines as we would go to the hospital, say to um, if we were going into long-term care or a medical setting, like working with um, uh, on the neural rehab unit or the palliative care unit, what we were seeing was that as someone engaged in, with the music therapist, creating music, answering questions about music and their histories in the past, um, their eyes would go to a different place. They would feel somewhat energized unexpectedly. You would see the toe tap. Um, there would be something new, something changing in that person right before your eyes, often in a very short period of time. That, and I feel like if we all pay attention to when we're listening to music in our car or at home while we're cooking, we can probably tune into those changes ourselves and realize that we can use music to do those things to ourselves without even trying. I find that very fascinating. It, it really does come down to intentional. You know, we, we talk about that in a lot of things in our lives, and it seems to be at the real core. Um, when we use a resource uh, like music that has demonstrated, has evidence that demonstrates what it can do and then use it with intention, yeah, I, I do believe that um, that greater change can happen. And, and right now, I feel a lot of us are needing that more than any other time. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about our amygdala. <laughs> I think over the last few, it's, a, it's an amazing word, and people are like, what is an amygdala? But I think over the last few years, we have all had an amygdala that is on fire. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about what that is and what does that mean? Right. Okay, so first of all, the amygdala is a pretty small piece in our brain, but it is the one, I like to describe it as the place where we begin to whir. So it's what where we, when it's on fire, you, that's your flight, flee, or freeze response. But I also whir a lot, like I circle. I don't know if anyone else can relate to that. And it's so difficult to leave that thought that keeps circling. And at times, and I, I, it, you can almost become paralyzed by it. You can't, you have such a hard time taking that next step. And it's often triggered, you know, in the most severe circumstances, it's, it's triggered by trauma in, in uh, a day to day, it can be triggered by general stress. Um, something that happens in the day that you've, you know, missed a meeting and, and now that's all you're thinking about. So those sorts of things 
toxins are what can set that amygdala on fire. And the beautiful thing of the arts, and I'm going to talk about music in particular, is when we engage in these art forms and engage in music with that level of intention we're talking about, where we're actively processing something as if, you know, if if we started putting together a short playlist around um, the, the, the 10 top songs we listened to in high school. And as we did that, we actually listened to the few of them, um, even in our office over our 10-minute break. And as we're doing that, um, that amygdala stops being on fire. We're now in other regions of the brain, including our hippocampus, um, our memory center and limbic system of feelings and, and seeing that world in technicolor and feeling completely different. And that is what the arts can do when, as you're saying, we're doing using them with such a level of intention in the right way at the right time. And that makes so much sense because we know that emotional distress and chemical imbalance in our brains and bodies are intimately linked. And medication is often prescribed to balance that, you know, the chemical interactions in our brain. But they also come with side effects. So it's difficult sometimes to find the right, uh, for lack of a better word, the right cocktail of meds. So how can music offer Mm -hmm. the same results? So again, in our day-to-day lives, what we can be doing is really being paying attention to the music that um, is leading us towards the feeling that we are wanting to have. If you listen to music, and I don't know if it happens very often, to be honest, but if you listen to um, music and it's making you feel worse, or if you don't want to listen to music at all, and that we do see a lot more common where uh, people stop listening uh, to something that maybe at one time they used to love. Those are the bigger indicators that we need to be working and seeking out a a mental health professional to talk to. Uh, This is where our roles as certified music therapists come in. We have many of these discussions and help people through being stuck around uh, their processing of music even. So, um, that that's I'm not sure if I completely answered your question. Mm-hmm. You might want to give me some more details, but but that's where I start going. Is there's different levels, you know, mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, really paying attention to finding that music that is sparking and igniting that feeling you're wanting to have. And is it true that music can spark those same parts of your brain and get them going the same as some of the medications that are often prescribed? Now, we're not going to discredit needing medication, but, you know, sometimes (laughs) we need to understand that we can get the ball rolling, so to speak, if we start listening to the right kinds of music that's going to inspire and trigger that part of your brain. Exactly. Mental health takes a lot of ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. And I do believe music is one of those. And so by releasing the hormones and neurotransmitters into our bloodstream as we're listening to it, yeah, we are feeling different. You know, as we're talking about um, uh, dopamine, which we often talk about, you know, the feel-good hormone, 
Mm-hmm. We are, uh, there is such strong evidence that it doesn't take long when you listen to that piece of music that energizes you to have that release and you're feeling better. Now, I always like putting a caveat here because, I, and you can clarify for me, I still think the research is stronger on exercise for this, but listening to music is definitely a um, a powerful piece as well as the other different, um, you know, be it serotonin, oxytocin, or social bonding and feeling connected to others can be just so important as well. Oh, I agree with you. And I think the reason why the um, the research is stronger with exercise is just because there's more research done on the, you know, the link between exercise and, you know, dopamine and serotonin and all that. But I feel like a combination. So, you know, think about how many of us are working out to music. Right. And that music is what gets you pumping and gets you going to that next rep and that next, you know, mile. Um, So I feel like it's it's all about also a combination of how we're going to activate those feel good hormones and those, um, you know, those hormones that are going to make you feel like you're healthy and are going to encourage you to be healthy. Right. So totally. Yeah. And it would be so great to do more research in this, wouldn't it? How do you use music in your daily life? I mean, I know you're a music therapist and you've probably helped numerous people, but for yourself, how do you help? How do you use music to help you in your daily life? What a great question. So this really ebbs and flows for me. Um, you know, it's sort of like when you're the professional of, in, in a certain field, sometimes it's your own self that isn't using your own teachings, you know, <laughs> and, and partially where this book all came from um, in the creation of it was it was at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I watched some news broadcasts with people in Italy singing from their balconies to one another when they couldn't go outside. Mm -hmm. And I was so moved because they all knew the same pieces of music. They were all singing together because there is some commonality amongst the different areas in which we're living or how we've been growing up, that there's familiar music within our setting, as well as new music, but there's also some familiar music. And it made me realize how quickly certain songs take us to that level of connection. And I was really moved by it. I then reflected on these last 30 years and and the clinical work I've had, which I I have never looked back. I, I, I I am so grateful to have found a career like this. But I did realize that my own music often was being left to the side. And so in the writing of this book, um, I was a lot of the time writing to myself, what do I need to be doing on a more frequent basis? So to answer your question, I've done a few things this year. First of all, I've done all of the playlists in the book. The first one that I talk about in there is your life soundtrack, which is the biggest one. And going through by decade of my life and writing the most significant moments through music uh, was really powerful for me as well. And the most recent one I've done is in December, I put together another fairly substantial playlist 
um, called Drive the Dream. And it was put together for what feeling do I want to aspire to have in 2022? And I came up with the word drive. Um, And I didn't mean just driving the car, although it fits because, you know, sometimes we've got to pull over and we've got to fuel and we've got to fix the tires and (laughs) we've got to do, you know, we can drive in our own lane and we can choose whether we're going to go in the fast lane today or maybe a little slower lane today. And so I love that concept. But I wanted to add the drive the dream piece because, you know, as um, business owners and health leaders that we are, I don't want to lose sight of the dreams that we all have uh, within our own personal lives and our professional lives. And so this particular playlist was meant to encourage me on a daily basis. I listen to at least a piece. Uh, from there every morning before I start my day uh, to remind me that today I'm going to drive this dream. I love that. When we come back, creating your healing playlist and music as therapy. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Jennifer and I were discussing hormones and the effect that music has on them. We were also talking about playlists and creating your playlist. I want to take advantage of the healing effects of music, and Jennifer is going to tell us just how to do that. So, Jennifer, tell us about how to create a playlist of music and why it can be important in creating our personal wellness. Perfect. I, you know, I want to go back to the one I briefly mentioned around the, uh, the, your life soundtrack. And I'm going to encourage everybody to get out pieces of paper or set up a file on your computer, broken down into those decades of your life, wherever you're at today. So you could be 18 or you could be 68. And you can put those pieces of paper out. And every time you hear a song on the radio, um, on a streaming service, in your memory banks as someone begins to hum. And to begin to jot those down into the different decades so you can, again, intentionally be putting some activity around, okay, this is my life soundtrack. Uh, You can then begin to curate this list if you've got access to the technology on one of your platforms that you like to to use, but you don't have to. Even a piece of paper and a pen can simplify this because even if you, oftentimes, even if you're not hearing the song, just by thinking about the song at the level you are, you're going to be right back there. I'm going to give you a second piece to this, though. Um, so now we've created this massive playlist, which is so wonderful. Let's move into what I guess I would classify a a bit more healing element, and that's curating it down to your 12 signature songs, going through and identifying the 12 that 
are your legacy pieces. I I learned this exercise from a client named uh, Gwen who was in palliative care and and only uh, had a few months to live. And she put together and showed me um, this concept of the Signature 12. And it's a very powerful way to uh, see what your values have been. Uh, to recognize what's been the most important to you in your life just by your song selection. So I'd like to challenge everybody to follow Gwen's lead on on how she led this life and celebrated her life through her music in her 12 signature songs. I think that's a great challenge. And 12 signature songs can take you back to your childhood, to your glory days, and even can bring you into the future. Because I feel like sometimes when I need to be motivated, I listen to music that I listened to while I was in high school. And um, I feel like it just gives me that motivation because, you know, in high school, you have a lot of energy, you're social, you're living. And I feel like that's a really important part of um, creating your healing and your healing playlist. Now, you did an experiment with Barney. (laughs) So when I read that in the book, I thought it was hilarious. But your findings were amazing. So tell us a little bit about your findings. (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I need to tell you that it's not like I... (laughs) This was my little home project research. I was fascinated with my kids growing up and just how Barney got the attention of my children all the time. <laughs> and 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 so I took a stopwatch and I began to time how frequently the music was happening. And it was very frequent. You know, it was at that minute and a half to two minute mark. And they were short snippets of songs. But it really did seem to keep the momentum. And that's what I was finding about um, television. You know, they show us a lot of where they incorporate music. And as you're as we're watching TV with our kids or our own programs as adults, listening or more watching with an auditory lens as to where the music is being placed is a fascinating study. Hmm. And so, I mean, that's that's amazing. And you're right, because now I'm thinking back to when my kids were little. It wasn't Barney, but you're right. It was like um, the Wiggles and their music was, you know, always at a certain point and it was always enthralling. And quite honestly, it enthralled me, too, because I would find myself sitting there watching and listening and dancing to the same tunes. (laughs) But (laughs) as fascinating as this all is, you are a music therapist. So let's talk about what that means and who would want and need music therapy. A music therapist is somebody that you can go and see. Um, If you were you might even have known some in your lifetime because we tend to be all around in a variety of different settings. For me personally, my youngest client has been an infant and my eldest has been, I think, 104 and a half. So you're going to find us in long-term care. You're going to find us on medical units. Um, uh, Someone on my team has even been working ICU for this entire duration of the pandemic. I work in corrections. We've got people working in the school system. And it is a profession. You can learn so much more about it at musictherapy.ca. We go to school. 
We do a thousand hours of internship. We write a board exam and we work with other allied health professionals. Sometimes we're partnering up with speech language pathologists and physiotherapists. And we are working towards those whole goals that everyone has as many are going through some of their greatest challenges of their life. At the same time, we're someone you can reach out to if you're looking for some um, uh, mental health professional support. Um, lots of music therapists are working virtually right now and, and, can, and can serve people in that way. So uh, we're an option for you within this healthcare. That's so great. And so great that you as music therapists are everywhere offering help to everyone to elevate their health. So my last question for you is, and this is a really important question, um, what is the difference between listening to music and hearing music? Oh, that is such a good question. So I would say hearing music is something that that we can be is just happening as we're moving around our our planet and we we just like we're hearing the sounds, we're hearing the silences. When we're listening, that is placing that level of intention. Uh, we are now claiming some level of witness to what is going on at a deeper level. I often say that a song is never just a song, and a playlist is never just a playlist. A song is somebody's meaningful moment, and that's what you're listening to. And a playlist is someone's life story, and that's what we're giving witness to. That is so wonderful and so inspiring, and I'm motivated now to go out there and make my playlist. So I'm going to do just that, and I encourage all the listeners to do the same thing. Jennifer, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. If listeners want to learn more about you and about music therapy, or if they'd like to reach out to you for your services, how can they do that? They can find me at jenniferbuchanan.ca. And they can find the book at wellnesswellplayed.com, as well as at all the online stores. That's amazing. Thank you again. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.